listener. Welcome to episode 8 of my podcast, Expanding with Rihanna. Thank you for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with a new friend of mine, Carly Morgan. Her artwork is very unique and a category that I learned from her. She's so young and an inspiration to me. Her passion for her work is incredible. The detail is so fine. She kindly let me use her work for the image of today's episode. So let's start and hear what she has to say. Here we go. Hi, Carly. Hi, Boyana. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, giving me your time and your, your um, knowledge and I'll get to pick your brains. <laughs> oh, no worries. Thank, thank you for having me. <laughs> That's actually really nice. I, I was like, oh, your brains, because I was trying to explain to my husband uh, what mm-hmm. you do, and it's very medical. So this is a good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good time to explain. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I would love to uh, tell us. Um, uh, I I tend to not introduce people. I, mm-hmm. I let you introduce yourself. Okay. So what you do, and uh, we would like to learn more about you. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, My name is Carly Mogan. I am an artist, designer, and medical illustrator uh, from Florida. I have a bachelor's degree in fine arts from the University of Florida and a master's degree in medical art from the University of Dundee in Scotland. So, (laughs) I mean, that's just like the the thing that I, my background. Um, So, medical art and medical illustration that that's kind of the biggest question that I always get is what what is that I didn't know that was a thing what is that um so that the quickest way to explain it to people is um those illustrations you see in medical textbooks and um in patient information sort of things and in research papers but it's the actual field is so much broader than that so you have of course the illustration side which is mostly what I do, but there's also animation, there's also um, sculpture, which plays a big part in the making of prosthetics. There's also um, a field called uh, graphic medicine, which is, it's kind of like comics for that, that are based around medical topics. And they usually explain something or sort of give uh, a perspective of of the patient a lot of the times, which is really neat. what else is there? There's medical photography, which is really important for medical students when they're uh, in school and stuff. So is the illustration aspect and really all of it. Um, and then there's this other sort of side that I, I really don't know if the term has been coined yet, but I, I sort of touch on it briefly in my one blog post on this is uh, patient-centered, patient-centered med- medical art, which um, how I've sort of come to understand it is medical artwork that either expresses the uh, perspective of the patient and how they've experienced their condition and sort of a way for them to process all of that information or um, artwork that shows empathy for their experience. So it's either them themselves processing, the patient themselves processing or someone else being like, I see you. Um, and so, there's actually, I discovered a field called medical art therapy, which is kind of the patient exploring that themselves. Um, and that that's new to me, so I don't know that much about that. Um, but then there's, when I was in my master's program, there's this one artist in particular who I got the pleasure of meeting. She's incredible. Um, Jack Sersha, I think her name is pronounced. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not great with um, pronunciations. 
um, but she does the sort of the um, empathetic side of that where she's she's an outsider but she's depicting the experience of the patient as best she can from that outside perspective and the results are some really often jarring images um, but it, it seems that when she gets so because she's so authentic with what she perceives it, it makes the patient seem really validated and, and seen and like their experience isn't just in their head um, so that's the patient um, side of it and the illustrations, the um, sort of labeled images and animation and photography, all of that is usually used for um, medical students. So for education and for communication and sort of dissemination of information among professionals and then for patient information on the condition. Um, so it's kind of broad. <laughs> it, it's so amazing. And when I first saw your work, I was impressed of how beautiful it is uh, obviously you're very talented, but in, in like that to bring in a very kind of dry or even a lot about kind of, you know, we avoid these subjects or we don't look too much into them and you yeah. make them so beautiful and so interesting and, you know, nice to look at as well and make them more friendly. And I love what you said about um, the patient um, aspect of it. And we, we studied that in therapy like that very much so to give the patient a voice and to describe what it feels for them. And um, I, did, I didn't know that so much you, you, on your side of how uh, it can be expressed as well, but I definitely agree with that, that giving them yeah. a voice and hearing their experience mm -hmm. is so healing for them. So it's definitely Absolutely. worth the time spent. Um, yeah. And I, I've, I've sort of, I'm kind of on both sides of this too. Um, so I live with uh, chronic pain. I have uh, four bulging discs and a herniated disc all in my lumbar spine. Wow. So all my lower back. And um, I, I've had like more flare ups of that this year than I have since I had surgery when I was 17. Okay. Um, and I've realized sort of this year and through the program that I met you through um, that a big motivator for the making the art that I do is a way to process the pain that I experience. And it's sort of like, if I can get it out of me and onto the paper, then I won't have to deal with it anymore. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, so that was a really interesting realization. <laughs> um, but also like on that note, there are some related um, art fields that are sort of around medical art that are really neat. Um, so like scientific illustration, medical art can be lumped into the category of scientific illustration because it is a science. Um, and then anatomy art. And I really love anatomy art and anatomy artwork. And I don't know, again, if this distinction has been made um, by someone else, but I, I, I propose it in the same blog post. Um, that anatomy art is a, a little separate from medical art because I think medical art, you need some sort of um, concrete anatomical knowledge and it, it has to serve some purpose that contributes to the medical field, whether it's yes. from the patient's perspective or from a professional perspective. Whereas anatomy art, I think has much more um, freedom to be uh, experimental with how um, realistic the anatomy is. 
So like a lot of the work that I do, I would classify as anatomy art. The work that I do for myself, just for expression and, and for the joy of creating, I would classify as anatomy art because even though a lot of it is expressions of pain, um, I'm not really doing that consciously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want people to think that this is a fully accurate portrayal of um, the <laughs> no. musculoskeletal structure or anything. It's, it's, I try as best I can, but if I don't have the right angle, I'm just gonna wing it, so. <laughs> and put flowers there instead <laughs> um so yeah that that's again i don't know if that's the distinction's been made before um but that's sort of how i separate the groups um yeah that's that's amazing and tell me what brought you into that field how did you decide to study that or to pursue that as a as a your yeah. your work it's it's interesting to look back because in, in retrospect, you can sort of see the dominoes sort of falling into place. Um, so I have been an artist in one sense of the word or another since I could hold a pencil. And I've been just drawing whenever possible. I also have like a crap load of anxiety. So when I was younger, I would just bring a sketchbook with me everywhere and draw to sort of avoid uh, talking to people a lot of the time. Um, so. I developed those skills and then in high school, I got into AP art and like a sort of slightly higher level of art and learned more there. And that's when I started getting interested in anatomy. It's also when my back went out. Um, and then in undergrad, I studied fine arts and towards the end of undergrad, I was panicking on what I'm gonna do with an art degree. And I still have that panic a lot of the time. <laughs> um, but my mom actually suggested, well, what about those people who make medical illustrations? You seem to really like anatomy sort of things. And I was just like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, so I started looking into that at that point and, and programs that I could learn more um, from there. And uh, I, when I did the program, I really wasn't sure, one, I didn't realize how broad and how, how many opportunities are out there with this type of artwork. Um, and so I didn't know where I was gonna go with it. And I'm still not entirely sure. I, I welcome opportunities for, um, to work with higher institutions, of course. And then I also like to do my own artwork that isn't as technical. So I'm still got my hands in a lot of, a lot of places. <laughs> Brilliant. And did you have to travel, is it in Scotland, you said there was, <laughs> did you live there for a while? I did. I, it was a one-year program, uh, so I lived there for a year. Actually, uh, met my boyfriend in, at the university. He's he's in the UK, so I haven't seen him for over a year now. Oh um, but that's okay. It's hopefully just a short short period of time a in our Zoom relationship. relationship. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, but yeah, so I went there for a year. I met some really incredible people. Um, like the best thing I could have done for my, I think my education, my career, my mental health, it was a really, really incredible experience. I am hoping to be able to live there, um, preferably Scotland, because I really, really like Scotland um, at, at some point in the near-ish future when COVID is gone. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it was really incredible. I, I loved it so much. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell me, how has, um, like that, I suppose, a challenge for you physically with your body or a challenge like that, that 
a relationship that you imagined is not, you know, that you don't see yeah. each other as often or ne ne never mind COVID and everything that brings in every day. Yeah. These challenges um, and others coming up to you. How do you find looking at your strength to deal with them? Where do you find solutions or toolkits yeah. or practices that you use maybe? So, like I said, I, I've had a lot of anxiety for a lot of my life. And when I was an undergrad, I, I developed a, like fairly frequent um, intense panic attacks. Okay. Uh, and at that point I started going to, they had like a free mental health service for the university, which was incredible. Thank you, University of Florida. Um, so I, I learned the first sort of um, coping mechanisms from that, which um, meditation everyone says, and if you do it regularly, I will say it does work. <laughs> um, journaling, which I did not take seriously before that at all. Um, and I know some people who still don't. And I'm like, I swear it's good. <laughs> Especially when you try um, something that works. You're like, everybody should try it. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I get the hesitation because it's like, I mean, everyone says that. Does it really? Like, if, if you really put the time to do it, and do it consistently, yeah. It's gonna start off really awkward, but eventually it's it's gonna really help. Um, and so those were the first like two big, oh, and breathing, of course, breathing uh, techniques. Um, those are the first big things that really helped. And then as I continued on in life, I learned some other things. I recently actually learned about EFT, uh, and so that actually does help me a lot with my anxiety and to some extent my back pain when it's really bad, uh, there's no help in that, but, <laughs> but to some extent it does. So that's incredible. Um, and then also I started a gratitude journal in the past couple of years and that's been really incredible too. That like I was a much more negative person before that. So I, I think just shifting that perspective has in itself been a coping mechanism because even when I'm in bad pain times or like a really crappy anxiety day it's still like okay well I had a really good breakfast today so that was good um <laughs> my dog is here that's also good <laughs> like just just the small things um what else so yeah the, the anxiety the back pain the long distance it you know that it has its ups and downs it's it sucks to not have seen him in over a year and I miss him a lot. And I also know that that's just how it has to be right now. So, and we're both pretty independent and trust each other. So I think, I think, I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> um, but a, a big, I do have a bit of relationship anxiety every once in a while about that. But again, the coping mechanisms, A plus. I also, um, started up therapy again um, a few months ago and that has been very very helpful um, for anyone who's on like hesitant about getting into therapy just give it a try you might have to try a couple therapists before you find a good one um, but eventually you'll find a good one and it's gonna do wonders so oh I couldn't agree with you more and I think you're sharing these techniques and um, being open about it with me and with other people that might listen to this podcast really normalizes it that it, it, it's 
like in, in my own experience, I found two friends shared with me years ago, separate from each other, saying they were going to therapy. And I was like, oh my God, so it's okay to go oh, yeah. and I don't have to be <laughs> crazy before I actually reach out. Mm -hmm. and, and that's in, in any way for me, that it normalizes it. I found the same with this experience with COVID that you build up this monster what COVID is and then yeah. you hear of people experiences or somebody you know and you go okay this is actually a real image and it doesn't mean that we're all going to have the same experience and that but it just normalizes it in my head so mm -hmm. um that i think it's very important to share our experiences and Definitely. if somebody's not comfortable to hear it that's okay too it doesn't mm -hmm. you know force it into people's uh, absolutely faces um, or, or audience um that's brilliant and what about celebrations how do you celebrations uh so <laughs> you said gratitude journal which is amazing yeah that that one is a big one um i was raised jewish and a lot of our celebrations um involve food so a big way that i celebrate is with a really good meal <laughs> also i've gotten into baths recently <laughs> Wow. Just like a really nice soothing bath with a cup of tea uh, and some incense and some calm music. That's a great way to celebrate. Um, I'm not really a party person because it just doesn't work with the anxiety a whole lot. <laughs> but a good, a good bath, a good, um, like allowing myself to do nothing for a little while, like a day, that's a big celebration. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm always trying to do something productive, um, but allowing myself a little bit of time to specifically not be productive is a great celebration. <laughs> um, hanging out with family, like especially because they're the only people that I can see right now. Um, so hanging out with them is a celebration when, when we're getting along, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I, I have, uh, I, this is probably not relatable for a lot of people, but I have a small farm. So um, yeah, we got a couple goats and some chickens and a pig. So um, I'll go outside and hang out with them every once in a while. Um, hang out with my dog, Roma. <laughs> so, you know, little, little celebrations. Yes, animals and crazy. nature mm -hmm. are a yeah. wonderful way to reflect. That's brilliant. And I, um, I think um, this, this is wonderful to, to be able to celebrate because we get caught up in, you know, kind of the negative or we might focus on, mm -hmm. we don't notice the, the daily wins or the small things. And yeah. um, also I find like you were saying about productive, how as a society, we don't give any value to those non-productive days mm -hmm. yet there is probably more value in them because that's when we we stop and we take stock and we actually yeah. listen to, uh, and um, yeah same with physical training isn't it that you oh a day off mm -hmm. oh i should be going out for a run every day <laughs> you, you, i think your body and your mind need need the time to process and the time to um decompress and sort of reset so that when you go back to it, you're almost stronger and more ready to tackle it again. And I think that gets overlooked by 
a lot of people a lot of the time. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that's changing because I think I think it's really important. And I'm I'm trying to learn myself that my value isn't necessarily tied to my productivity, um, like society wants me to believe. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it, it's hard to to unprogram that because like you're told as soon as you can do anything, okay, time to go to school in order to grow up and make enough money to support yourself and your family. Um, and that's a little different depending on gender roles and that's a different conversation. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think learning to learning to stop and smell the roses and be okay with that and know that it's okay to do that. And if you have a hard day, that's okay. That's your body and your mind telling you you need a little bit of a break. Of course. That's all right. <laughs> it's okay to listen to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is there anybody in um, particular when you were growing up or now that you feel kind of like a role model or somebody that you um, feel like all oh, the, the values or the work that they do, I really enjoy and um, it's something that you know that you don't necessarily see in society as such that they've maybe follow their um, what they, they're good at. Trying to pinpoint one person because I think in, in different aspects of my life it's been a different person. Yeah. So in in like the compassion and the family centered way, it's been my mom. Oh, wow. um, in in the career side, it, there's been a, a, a few. So um, as far as artwork, Salvador Dali and Frida Kahlo. Oh, Roma. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, come here. Alrighty. Say hi, Hi. <laughs> Just to make sure she's a little quiet. Um, so as far as the artwork itself, Salvador Dali and Frida Kahlo, um, I love surrealism. And I think that probably is noticeable in my work. <laughs> um, and as far as going against the grain and like forging your own path, um, Kiki Smith, she's, she's um, a contemporary artist still working today. She does some really, really cool work. Um, Alex Gray, also sort of a psychedelic, um, spiritual sort of work, forge his own path. Um, Chichar Ganesh is an artist that I learned about in my undergrad, and she does these really incredible murals um, that they're, they're she, she's, I think she's Indian, so they're, they're heavily inspired by Hinduism, and the one that I really liked, um, I forget the name of it, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but it it's, has this really incredible depiction of, I think it's, it's the Hindu goddess Kali, um, and it's, it's so cool, I de definitely recommend looking it up. Um, and then what also when I was an undergrad, I learned about Wangechi Mutu, who I believe she does a collage style uh, um, artwork with figures, really also incredible, incredible work. So a lot of inspirations with artwork and career and sort of forging your own path. Um, and then with like mental health and, and sort of that aspect, uh, my best friend, Christina, has been a really important inspiration for me in that. And I don't really want to get into her um, story and, and the specifics of why, because that's that's her story. Of course. Um, but yeah, she, she's incredible. There's, there's just 
so many people <laughs> that I take inspiration from. And that I think really highlights um, the fact of how um, we can learn from each other and we can um, inspire each other and we are not in competition with other artists or with other people. Um, mm -hmm. And instead, we, we, we work better when we see each other's good work. Go, wow, mm -hmm. this literally lifts you up. Yeah. Definitely. I, there's, I think there's plenty to go around and it, I will, it is a struggle someday because some days like, I'm like, I mean, why, why can't I be successful like these other artists? Cause it feels like there, I'm so sorry. It feels like there isn't enough to go around sometimes, but like there is, you just gotta find ways to do it. And I, I, I think a lot of, a lot of it is a mindset, a lot of it with, with, you kind of hold yourself back in a way by by even even the thought that competition needs to exist or is there or or jealousy and, and envy and, and sort of greed i think all of those things hold you back from a potential where you could have this sort of balance and, and synchronicity and everything i don't know if that's making sense but no, no, it does, um, it does, and I uh, think it, like that, you don't, we're brought up with competition, we're brought up with school and yeah. tests and, you know, uh, being judged against each other, so mm -hmm. it's very hard then to let go of that or to find a healthy dose of it that inspires yeah. you, and yes, we still, you know, want to grow and expand, but without killing each other over <laughs> yeah or ourselves because I think yeah. e even a lot of the, the aspect of competition that I've found unhealthy for myself is in order to be like someone else or be on the level of someone else you you, you ignore your own needs or I, I have in the past ignored my own needs um and something my boyfriend says um shout out to Chun <laughs> Um, he says that he's only in competition with himself. And I think if you're going to be in competition with anyone, that's the best person to be in competition with, to just sort of be better as, as best you can um, compared to your past self rather than someone else. 100%. So. Yeah, because we're all different. How can we, you know, compete with somebody? Like I was even saying the other day, how, like kids in school, I mean, my strengths are maybe maths and your strengths are art and the other strengths are whatever business or conversation or writing. So mm -hmm. school seems very, um, no, your, your strengths in sports are no good to me. Today we're writing an essay and I don't yeah. care if you're good at volleyball or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but then you feel totally out of place and not good enough because you can't yeah. write an essay that gets yeah. a good mark. So it's because you're not perfect in every single category. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. No, and there's no such thing. And mm -hmm. rather than actually find the, the things that you're good at and mm -hmm. um, encourage that. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting. And um, how do you feel about being employed or being self-employed and 
uh, expose do, those uh, venues. Yeah, that that is a topic in itself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so going back to anxiety, being self-employed um, is the worst thing you can do for anxiety. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, it's, it's the only way that I would want, I think, my career to go. Like, I mean, I would be very happy working for a company that I believed in that gave me full benefits and all of that. That would be great. It's just finding that and convincing them that I, I am good enough for the job has been uh, a challenge, especially during the pandemic. And yes. since... So I graduated from my master's program in 2019. And since then, um, up until a couple months ago, I have been really, really trying to get a job and trying to be hired by someone who needs medical illustrations or illustrations in general or graphic design. Um, and I've gotten, I think, two interviews of, I don't even know how many applications that I submitted. And it just wasn't going anywhere, wasn't working. So a couple months ago, I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to try to make my own business. <laughs> and I mean, I was doing all that as, as a freelancer, sort of anyways, um, but hoping that someone would actually hire me. Of course, um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Intention, yeah. Yeah, and in the US, um, healthcare is a bit of a challenge. Uh, so getting health insurance through a company would have been great. Um, especially because I have to go back to doctors for my back. But um, so that wasn't working out and I was pouring all of my effort into that. And when I heard about the workshop that we met through, I decided that I would take a couple months to really just focus on that. And I've almost, I've almost got my shop up on my website. It's so close. Um, Keep going girl. I'm going, I'm going, I'm doing it. <laughs> Um, so focusing a little more on that. And then one, once my shop is up, I think I will apply for more jobs again. Um, but I think taking the time to really fix my website and have a plan for an actual business was exactly what I needed to do. Um, and I still am like, I'm working for my neighbor. He makes, um, flutes and saxophones out of bamboo. Uh, so I help him with that and I carve them for him. Um, and then I, for a while I was doing t-shirt designs for a company but I haven't heard from them in quite a bit. So I need to see how they're doing. Oh God, I can totally see your work on t-shirts. That's so true. That, that would be cool. The, it's not the work that I was doing. That It's not my work that's on the shirts though. They, they have specific okay, brand yeah, requirements. Um, but that's a good idea though. <laughs> yeah, especially with the parts of the body, like the heart or whatever, your yeah. intestines or your kidneys. <laughs> that would be yeah. so cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I, I do have a red bubble that um, every, each design is available as a t-shirt on. Um, yeah, I, I could, actually, I think I could add t-shirts to my shop on my website. Um, I could look into that. that that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> on the list <laughs> yeah i did a i did that the brain dump thing to to get all the information yes, onto yes. a page the other day so, so good have, it's so good because i i've been doing it in notebooks um and tara's very correct that just putting a notebook and closing the notebook you don't look at it so i have it on my wall now 
Fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Tara really opened my eyes with that saying this is like, and I do, I have about 20 notebooks to go yeah, around. Same. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and I'm always like, I'll remember which what's in which notebook. And I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I can just, you know, like on your phone or Google search, you know, where did I write this one word? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. So but that true. brings me um, nicely at the end to um, make sure that you send me a link to your shop and Definitely. include that in the notes and people that are interested in your work um, can uh, go and follow you or buy your yeah. work. And I'm looking forward to putting your um, one of your uh, pictures on, on the logo for this me podcast too. for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'll send you, I have a link on my website that has, it's like a link tree. It looks like a link tree thing, but it's actually on my website it has all my links, um, including to the blog post I was talking about, um, to my shop, to my Instagram, all of that, to my Redbubble too, I think. Um, and then for the, the logo for the podcast, is that like a circle format? Is that like a um, banner? No, I think it's, um, I'll, I'll look up the requirements again, but I think it's okay. quite a, um, I just uploaded uh, a photo from my phone from the park okay. that I thought it looked, you know, represented my podcast, so it didn't uh, have anything specific. Um, okay. Is there anything else um, you would like to add at the end? Uh, let me check my notes because I, I made notes for this because okay. the anxiety is like, you got to make a list. <laughs> um, actually, that that is that is one thing is that I forgot to mention coping mechanisms with anxiety is making lists that's okay, yeah. a plus um i think that that was that was like the majority i think um uh, yeah but the links to everything that i'm doing i'll send you and everyday practices oh i do yoga when i can Fantastic. when my back allows it does the dog <laughs> join in i'm sure he does <laughs> she actually she does she does like two poses downward dog of course because it's what she's most qualified for. Um, and then corpse pose. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so too funny. She's great. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's about it. <laughs> Brilliant. Carly, thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you, this Anna. conversation. And too. I'm really happy to share your work with anybody listening or in general with my links. So um, that's fantastic. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you it. so much. I appreciate it too. <laughs> Looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you want me to send the links on Facebook? Is that okay? Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. In, okay. In where we'll great. Be good. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you, Carly. Have a great Thanks, day. Thanks, Mariana. You too. Bye. Bye.